two of our episode on Iron Man and what we can learn about humility from the first two films. If you haven't heard part one, go ahead and check that out before diving into this one. We hope you enjoy. Um, so then this fundraiser is also a big deal because it's when Tony finds out the truth about what Obadiah is doing, at least starts to. So first of all, this reporter that he had his li- liaison with at the beginning um, comes up to him and is like, I thought you had changed. Like, this is not what you said you were going to do. And she shows him this report about an attack that was made with Stark Industries weapons and he's like what the heck so he goes and talks to Obadiah about it and Obadiah basically admits like yeah I've been selling them to these other people as well he's like why do you think I tried to cut you out because I didn't want you around to the ruin reveal, my plan yes. actually the uh-huh. reveal that he's yes. the one who tried mm-hmm. to cut him out <laughs> yes exactly yes we see too that Tony this does show that Tony has increased in his level of caring it hasn't diminished over time since he's been attacked and released and stuff or escaped and so he after that he starts to watch the news about it and really cares about what's happening and then he takes action to try to fix it which just shows a lot about him he's paying attention now finally and he's still paying attention even though it's been months since he was able to get away from all of that there are some quotes from tony that i really really like kind of during this whole discovery process that i think are very telling about kind of where he's at so when he's talking to the reporter when the reporter kind of like reveals what's going on to him she accuses the company as a whole but also him personally right like Mm -hmm. what you were saying um you know like you said you changed and you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing he tells her i'm not my company but then he goes to obadiah and talks to him and you know he's like if we're double dealing are we and he accepts responsibility for the company as a whole to people later on and i was kind of trying to play with this in my head and i think that he does a really impressive job of accepting accountability you know he's like i'm over my company and i have the power to change things and so i need to to make things better but then also i like the fact that he kind of defends himself to the reporter saying i'm not my company he's like i'll accept i'll accept accountability and i'll like fix what needs to be fixed but i didn't make these decisions Mm -hmm. (laughs) something else is going on that is not who i am and so with who i am i'm going to change this and it's this kind of like he doesn't accept responsibility but he accepts like overall accountability and i just i thought that was a really impressive moment for him But then he also, I wouldn't have thought about this until our discussion about kind of the individual, but he leaves Pepper behind at this Mm -hmm. moment. And uh, it's still kind of this moment where he gets distracted by this overall company-wide, like, people in danger on the other side of the world and leaves behind Pepper. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. He's still, it's just that it's, he's... Like you've said, he has a very grandiose mindset, and mm-hmm. we're still not over that. Like he he's trying he's to do still something in his important. Worlds, yeah. Things, yeah. He's trying to do something important, but he hurts somebody else in the process. And I love that you pointed out that Pepper is not a damsel about it because she doesn't 
like she acts like nothing even happened until yeah. he brings up their relationship and then she's like bro <laughs> yeah. so mm-hmm. so yeah she handles he handles it poorly and she handles it well <laughs> yes uh-huh. for sure i think it's interesting just building off of that i'm not my company but i'll take responsibility i think it is actually a very interesting transitional phrase that he uses in i believe it's that same talk by um ezra taft benson he says pride is concerned with who is right humility is concerned with what is right Mm -hmm. and i think in that moment there is a bit like he still has this bit of like i'm right in him and i think that lasts a long time even beyond like once he does start paying attention to other people and stuff i think there is a part of him that's always like i'm right you see that i mean all the way in civil in war, civil war like, that's for the sure whole yeah. thing is that he's like i'm right about this i'm yeah. not really going to listen to other people's arguments and he still struggles a lot with that i think that's where most of his pride comes comes from is this sense of like i'm in the right I'm doing what I should do. Because he follows his heart so strongly that he's like, no, this has to be right. (laughs) Without, like, thinking rationally Mm -hmm. and really listening. And so, um, but we still see a little bit of that humility still in the same thing of what is right. Like, I'm going to take responsibility for this, even though it wasn't my decision, is him showing that he is focused on what is right, the right thing. But there's still that part of him that, like, has to say, like, but it wasn't me. I wasn't in the wrong. But, like, it's, I recognize it is wrong, so I'm going to do what's right. So it's a little bit of both in that same sentence, which I think is really interesting because you see that it's a very, like, this is where he's at right now, is he has a bit of both in him right now. So, um, I mean, I think there's, goodness and having the self-respect to recognize the difference but like he didn't have to say that to her it's not like it changes her mind or anything like it was really his own pride that was speaking that part of aspect of it was he was getting defensive you know we talked about last week a little bit like retail and stuff and like it's just so (laughs) there are just moments where you're just like people will sound accusatory towards you Mm because you're just the person they're talking to and they're frustrated about things and you're just like okay but i that's not my you're like look i just work here (laughs) that whole (laughs) attitude of like i just work here calm down or like you know i don't make the rules or oh like not my problem basically or i didn't tell you that you know whatever it is i think it's a really hard thing to push past that who is right thing so it makes sense that it takes him a long time because it's a hard one it's a really hard one so then once tony is seeing all this news reports about this attack on this town he gets so angry he decides to test out the iron man suit for (laughs) for real so he takes it and it's always so funny to watch in these early movies some of the suit styles and stuff because you can see all those differences and how it's changed over time and stuff which is just fun but he goes and i love that the first thing he does is he sees this kid who's freaking out over his dad being taken and that's where he attacks first is for these families Mm -hmm. right there which i think is very telling of where his focus is within this is on the innocent people and people who are just very humble in their own right just naturally by their lifestyle and stuff who are being caught in the crossfire and that's who he's fighting for Mm -hmm. which i think is beautiful because those are the people that especially in war they tend to be forgotten by powerful people because they're just 
collateral damage. So I love that we were able to see that right now. So then he gets back and Pepper ends up being really mad at him because he, well, she realizes what he's done and I believe he's gotten a little bit hurt and so he was getting taken care of with that and she, he asks for her help with dealing with something. I can't even remember specifically what it is, but something to to do with his Iron Man suit and dealing with Obadiah. He asks her to go extract data from a computer. That's right, yes. And she's just worried about him. She's like, you're, I'm not helping you kill yourself, basically. I'm not helping you to get into trouble like this, which shows mostly just comes from a place of caring and being concerned about him. But she she even says you're crazy and his response is i'm not crazy pepper i just finally know what i have to do which shows again that sense of humility of like he knows that he needs there's good he can do and he needs to do and he's just gonna do it like we've talked about a lot like he doesn't really think about it too much which is good in some ways and bad in others but but it um, is good in terms of aligning your will with god's yes it is (laughs) if i could follow all of my spiritual promptings the way that tony stark would man (laughs) be in a better spot (laughs) like he is very willing to do what he feels is what he needs to do yes and that's what turns pepper which i think is sweet i think it shows some growth in her too of just Mm -hmm. like She's like, okay, I respect that you... It's her respecting that sense of duty that is growing in him, which I really appreciate seeing for their relationship, but also just for each of their characters. Um, So really, I don't have a lot. Neither of us really have a lot of thoughts post that. At that point, we have Pepper. She goes to extract the information. She almost gets caught. Um, But Obadiah does know what she's doing, so he goes and attacks Tony and steals from him and then steals the reactor specifically out of his chest and that's when we have dummy saving him his life and so all of this comes together but he also knows that obadiah is going to go after pepper we also meet agent colson which is very exciting shields we have them fighting it out battling it out obadiah creates this extra large beefy iron man suit that they fight in we have the big, of course, dramatic Marvel fight scene that we've got to have all the explosions and little things. And of course, they come out on top. And so at the end, people are asking questions and they decide to hold a press conference. Beforehand, we this is when we get to officially hear S.H.I.E.L.D. called S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. We get introduced there. <laughs> Agent Coulson has helped with a lot of this ending fight scene, so he's trusted more by them and he's working with them to kind of decrease the collateral damage as far as like publicity and stuff goes and this is when tony and pepper have kind of a first uh, well (laughs) second real talk about their relationship a little bit and tony doesn't do very well yeah it's a it's kind of an interesting one because he like goes in all confident he's like flirting with her and kind of doing their like banter and stuff you know but then she calls him out on leaving at the party Mm -hmm. you know she goes he like references the party somehow and she goes oh the one where you went downstairs for a drink and then never came back (laughs) and kind of calls him out on leaving it's this really cute sad but i think important moment for tony where he he starts to falter (laughs) she calls Mm -hmm. him out and his whole attitude changes he's like stumbling and he doesn't really know what to say and it's this i 
it's this moment where he like he realizes that he messed up but he he can't he, t- he doesn't he doesn't apologize tony stark doesn't apologize <laughs> and um he'll actually reference that later in in the second movie he is trying to say something to her and she's like was that an apology <laughs> and he goes that goes without saying and i'm working on that but then like continues on to something else and you're like oh yes. just <laughs> so he's like he's not there yet even you know he's yeah. not even to the point of acknowledging that he's not there yet and so, so he can't apologize so he can't express his feelings for her he's just kind of like stuck and you can see that in his attitude. And so I think that, you know, those are those are the kind of moments where we have to reflect and be like, that didn't go the way I wanted it to. Why not? And that's mm-hmm. when we have to really humble ourselves and say, if I want to be close to this person, this is what I'm going to have to do. And it's also he's forced to acknowledge like, oh, in trying to save the world I like made this woman who's incredibly important to me upset and just ruined this moment right now. So I think Mm -hmm. it's this, it's this like really small, but important moment in him realizing some of these smaller areas where he needs to make these adjustments in his humility levels. Yeah, I agree. So then we do get into the press conference and this is the final scene and everybody's asking him question about the iron man and they just said that it's just a special bodyguard that they created for him and one of the reporters actually the same reporter that's been showing up throughout um starts asking him questions like you really expect us to believe that all that and tony's like what you think like i'm a superhero or something <laughs> like, he's so cocky about it and she's and like just, i did not say that yeah, that's not what i said and he's like oh well you could have, basically. And finally, he's, like, supposed to read the cards. They're trying to temper. It's the PR situation they're trying to deal with. And he's reading the cards, and he's like, I guess I just have to say, I am Iron Man. Like, he just cannot not have this. He can't. He can't ha- not have this attention on him. Uh-huh. Like, he's like, no, I am a superhero, so I'm going to tell you. And so we see see that he's still has that yeah. pride in him, that arrogance in him that he hasn't quite fully shaken yet. He's done a lot to combat it, but it's still there very strong. <laughs> like, I just always think of in Avengers, the first one, when um, Steve Rogers is like, I've seen the footage. I know you really only pretty much do it for yourself. And in a lot of ways, he does. Like, a lot of in a lot of ways it is about his like he doesn't care what other people think but he does want people to love him like and if there's opportunities for people to love him he's gonna take it like he may he doesn't necessarily need everybody to love him but he wants to be known and he wants to be cheered on and praised for what he's doing by at least a good amount of people right in some ways he likes to have a lot of people praise him and he likes to have some people hate him because it's fun for him (laughs) so we see that a lot in the end of this is a lot of it is still about him and then we see it in the very beginning of the second one hardcore in his beginning speech oh gosh it's It's very yes very cringy especially watching them (laughs) back to back when you watch them back to back you're like huh (laughs) did we just backtrack a whole movie seriously oh my god time has passed he's gotten a lot of praise for being iron man because he said it (laughs) and so he's back in a similar place he still is more aware 
of yes. the worlds and his He's trying to do good in it. He's trying to do good, but a lot of it is about him. And um, despite what he says at the beginning. So I do want to start off um, when I was studying humility for this discussion. I found a scripture that I was like, wow, this is so Tony, especially at the beginning of the second one. Okay. Um, the scripture is in the Old Testament and it is Ecclesiastes 4.13. And it says, better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will no more be admonished. And I think, especially, I mean, throughout the second movie, that's very much Tony is he's a king of an empire that is not willing to be admonished yeah. by anybody. Oh, yeah. He is very much not willing to be admonished. And that is where a lot of his pride, especially in the second one, comes from, is he's not willing to listen to, he has to be right. It's about him being right. So, yeah, he comes in. It's this big expo is what the stark expo is what mm -hmm. he started up with it which was his father's dream like he really wanted to have this be a thing and so tony's doing good in doing that he's bringing people around the world together it's basically kind of like the world fair a little bit kind of vibe where people are bringing their inventions from all over the world and he talks about how it's been the longest period of peace ever and it's not because of me it's not about me he even says <laughs> like not about me not about me but clearly he's not meaning that it's not about him yes and so it's very we're seeing right off the bat like he still wants that attention he mm -hmm. still craves that love from everybody i would argue yes uh one thing that i an, another variable that mm -hmm. comes into play in this movie is his blood toxicity mm -hmm. he's yeah. kind of he's fighting a losing battle right now you know he's slowly dying and he knows it and he's not telling anybody else so it's a really big burden that he's carrying on his own trying to figure out the science to save himself mm -hmm. here and um I, at first I, I was so frustrated i was like how are you uh, like an even bigger jerk right now than at the beginning yeah. of the first mm -hmm. movie how is this happening and pepper calls him out and she's like, this expo is your ego gone crazy. Yeah. And she like calls him on it. But then they're at uh, the Grand Prix and he's like, you know, things are like going too smoothly for his liking, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and he needs to stir the pot. And so he goes to the bathroom and he looks in the mirror and asks himself, got any more bad ideas? Mm -hmm. And it kind of like changed my whole perspective mm -hmm. of what he was doing. Because it's, I mean... And, and maybe you have another thought on this, mm -hmm. and I would love to hear a different perspective yeah. or idea. But I was like, okay, I can almost read this as, like, a desperate man's, like, last grab at something, you mm -hmm. know? A, a grab at attention. I mean, sure, like, his instinct is to grab at attention. <laughs> so, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, he's, like, he's dying. He's frustrated. Emotions are high. He can't figure out this scientific problem. And for a man like Tony, that's just got to be grating. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, and he's he's essentially lashing out, but just kind of in his own weird way of, like, doing daredevil actions and and upsetting powerful people <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and so it's kind of it doesn't justify anything mm -hmm. but it is maybe a bit of an explanation as to why he would have such this such a drastic character issue here at the beginning of this yeah. movie yeah i do agree that he's coming from an understandable place 
I just think it's interesting. It's almost like he's like, I'm trying to find pleasures and things that are temporary. And I compare it to even in the first Avengers movie when he's about to die, his first instinct is to call Pepper mm-hmm. in that. Like, that's what he wants to do before he dies. Whereas in this, I think he's just still, I mean, he and Pepper aren't official. Yeah. or anything like they're not really in a relationship yet there's just been like flirtations and that's it and so like i just think he's trying to lash out but he's very lonely and mostly through his own choice yes. still like from before and even now like he could ask for help yeah even if he didn't want to talk to pepper about it because he doesn't want to worry her talk to colson talk to Rody, uh-huh. talk to happy talk to a random engineer in your company right. and maybe <laughs> could help you figure something out like yeah and he de- eventually he's compelled to ask Rhodey for mm-hmm. help, but yeah. it, it takes him, you know, takes <laughs> absolutely needing time. it. <laughs> and a lot of that, I think, does come from his pride still. Yes. Beating on him and keeping him from really letting other people have relationships with him. He's just refusing to even let those relationships really exist because he knows what he's doing. Because he's right and he's going to be the one to fix it. Which he is, but he still gets help from his dad. (laughs) So it's still not even him in the end. His dad and Jarvis. Jarvis is always there. Jarvis is there. (laughs) One of the notes that I put down here uh, that you just like segued into perfectly (laughs) was that he's so he's willing to help and lift others up but his his main pride like you were just saying is thinking that he can do everything himself right Mm -hmm. he wants to help people he's not like he's beyond his own sphere obviously from Mm -hmm. this first movie he's he's kept that but he's the iron man (laughs) and he can take care of the whole world he can lift himself up he can lift everybody else up he doesn't need anyone and that's a really dangerous attitude for us right Mm and thinking that we don't need anybody but ourselves and we kind of exclude god from that process what i kind of boiled it down to was his money and his mind you know Mm -hmm. he he relies on his intelligence a lot and he definitely uses his money to make things happen as well between his money and his intelligence he believes that he can just bring world peace all by his little lonesome um and he has to he has to overcome that and let other people in and it's kind of a loose connection but that other section of uh ezra taff benson's talk where he talks about wanting more than the next person rather than just wanting enough i was kind of thinking about how he's really good about not necessarily wanting more than somebody else part of that is really easy for him because he like already has more than everybody else Mm -hmm. um but he's so he's honestly really genuine with being willing to give away money and collections and genuine generous Mm -hmm. (laughs) um with being able with giving things away and I was thinking we don't really get the chance to see it in any case, but I was just taking what I know about Tony's personality and trying to place him in different contexts. And I feel like if he went down to the engineering department, I love that you brought up talking Mm -hmm. to a random engineer because that actually doesn't seem out of the question for someone like him. And in a Mm -hmm. lot of people who have that money and that mind and that pride that comes with it like they wouldn't just go talk to an engineer but i feel like he could totally just go hang out with the engineers and just like be a bro you know (laughs) and he could just Mm -hmm. be there and not like expect 
anything more from them. He wouldn't think about the fact that he has more money than them. I really don't think that he cares Mm -hmm. about that, honestly. Like, he uses it, but he doesn't see anything Mm -hmm. more in himself than that. And then you have, like, I was thinking about him connected to Captain America. Captain America is ultimately so much stronger than him. And they both know that he's morally superior. (laughs) Yes. And I feel like that just doesn't really affect Tony that much, you know? Like, he, going back to Civil War, you know, he knows that he's right. And even though Cap is on a different team, and he knows that Cap is morally superior and has all of these ideals and values and strength that are beyond Mm -hmm. Tony's, Tony is like, no, but I know what's right. So, And he's not jealous of what the other heroes have he's Mm -hmm. content with what he has which i think is the closest that we can see as proof to that he doesn't want more than somebody else he's content Mm -hmm. with what he has and with what other people have and they're on the same playing field Mm -hmm. so it's really just the fact that he recognizes that he can do more in that sense of duty that he's developed in wanting to take care of everybody else with what he has, mm-hmm. that is really the source of that pride. Yeah. So that was just mm-hmm. the second half of my, like, yeah. how he doesn't yeah. struggle with these certain types of pride. And, you know, it, it's kind mm-hmm. of, and I guess it just made me think of, like, where are my pride, where where is my pride located yes. in me? That mm-hmm. was kind of what I was thinking about. Like, okay, what is President Benson talking about that I need to work on? And what are the scriptures talking about that I need? Where am I good and where do I need to focus because sometimes it's overwhelming to be like I have pride (laughs) go get rid of it you know Mm -hmm. and I really liked this idea of like okay let me pinpoint like this thing that I struggle with and let's try to fix that and Mm -hmm. then maybe we can look at this section of my pride and try to fix that because there are there are differences to it and there are levels and Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I think we're going to mostly run through a lot of the rest of the plot points because, like we said at the beginning, a lot of this second movie is rehashing a lot of the same issues. So a couple of things of note. I think, um, obviously, his his relationship with Pepper grows a lot in this movie because it, like, becomes more official by the end and they kind of are in the... They're starting to embrace it a little bit more, but I do think it's interesting early on. So we see one of their first interactions with just them is him not really listening to her when she's trying to tell him, like, there's things going on and, like, I need your input because you're the CEO. <laughs> like, yes. You're the person in charge and I need your input because that's your job. She's and like, so I, I can't, can't actually yeah. run this company. <laughs> I can't do my job without you doing yours. Yes. That's kind of where she's at. And he's not really listening because he is focused on his own problems and stuff which is understandable because he's dying like it's a big deal but he's not necessarily treating her super well in fact he's like i'm gonna sell all this art that she had curated for him at one point that was pretty painful and then he and then right as they're talking about that and she's talking about feeling a little hurt by it he's like oh i'm gonna take this painting down and replace it with this poster of me like (laughs) like just to rub a little salt in that wound um so it's really upsetting to watch that he's really just not giving her the time of day and then he ends up making her ceo which is great and she's excited but it's also very much you get the feeling it's because he doesn't want to deal with it right now it's it's less about her and more about him and his needs and his like i don't want to deal with this so i'll just make you ceo 
and it's not really thinking about and I think the rest of the movie of what we see with Pepper is she's overwhelmed by this Mm -hmm. she's been put in a position just off the cuff right in the middle of when Tony's starting to be chaotic and make the company look bad and then she has to deal with it plus I mean like there's always that aspect too of like her being a woman who's been working through this for this rich, handsome man mm-hmm. for ages who's suddenly the CEO. So she's also having to deal with that and he's not being helpful. He hasn't been listening to her when she's been stressed about these things. And so it goes a lot back to like his personal relationship issues of not recognizing the, that he's hurting someone else when he's trying to do something else that's good. Yes. Um, and not seeing those consequences very well. And so a lot of the story is, I mean, like then he's like, flirting with Rushman Romanoff in front of her and which is just so awful plus he's just objectifying her anyway like Rushman Romanoff I don't even know what to call her (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. he doesn't really care but he just I mean she's attractive she's Scarlett Johansson so fair enough but like he's treating her like an object in front of Pepper and then um, he thre- he's doing dumb things, threatening his own life in which is personally scenarios. upsetting yes. to Pepper uh-huh. which a lot on top of, of everything else and to Rhodey as well. And so mm-hmm. it's in this situation where because he's not telling everybody what is going on, he's hurting them more. Yeah, because he's doing all this crazy stuff that, from our perspective, we understand because he's dying and he's scared. But then he has all these people who don't know that and are just like, we're trying to do our jobs and we're trying to do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And you're just making it that much harder. And in fact, um, Nick Fury even says at one point, you've become a problem I need to deal with. And that's kind of how they're all feeling right now is you're a problem we have to deal with, but you're not helping us help you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, And so it's a very frustrating and a lot of it comes from his focus on himself again which is understandable in this particular situation but he does we see later that he can handle it better like as he grows and improves he does handle that same situation better later on and treats it with more respect the possibility of him dying than he does in this and because he's pushing everybody away it's just hurting himself more too so it's just everybody's getting hurt because of his unwillingness to trust other people and to involve them in his personal life yeah yeah a couple people make comments about it Rhodey tells him um you want to do this whole lone gunslinger act but it's unnecessary Mm -hmm. And then Nick Fury tells him in that conversation that you mentioned that like, oh yeah, you don't want to join the Avengers because you just want to do everything yourself, you know, Mm -hmm. even though there's already an organization in place that Tony could utilize to do even more good, you know, it just has to be him. Yeah, it is definitely difficult for everybody. Um, I think that this is where... In the past, Pepper has handled everything that Tony has thrown at her really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I think here, the stress of the company kind of, like Tony, it's more understandable. Like, she's going yes. through a lot, but we start to see her not handle things yeah. super well. Yes. Specifically Tony. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and she kind of she kind of falters on her, on her patience. And uh, she, I've kind of mentioned her superior mindset i think that she just and i mean i should clarify that when i say superior there's good and bad to that you know (laughs) like she she holds to her 
to her duty, to her responsibility, her values really, really strongly. And I think she knows that and that she sees herself as better in that regard than people who don't do those things, you know, Mm -hmm. which like I can relate to, but, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but then in this movie, I think it comes out in a really, really negative way. Mm -hmm. She's really struggling and she's willing to talk to Tony about her struggles, unlike him. So she's, you know, trying to create a situation where they could possibly lean on each other. But there's there's one conversation where he approaches her. He goofs it up because he brings her strawberries. <laughs> and she says it's the one thing in the world that she is allergic to. <laughs> this doofus has no idea anything about her, which I can't even imagine. When I have feelings for a person, man, you can bet. <laughs> no, every and especially tiny when you're already thing. mad at them. And then they're like trying to make it up to you and they bring you what you're allergic <laughs> to. And you're like... And they went out of their way to get these strawberries. (laughs) He literally stopped and bought these strawberries. Oh my gosh, no. So he definitely sets it up poorly and just kind of like shoves in her face his absolute disregard Mm -hmm. for everything and everyone. However, it is the first time he's trying to open up to her, you know? Mm -hmm. And if all of us, if, if we could be at our like top notch patience level at all times, we could we could notice better when people are trying to do things like that you know if yeah. she had if she had really been paying attention to him and had maybe a more pure desire to actually understand him and what was going on with him she could have recognized like he's coming to me looking distraught and str- he has no facade of everything's cool and i've got this like there's he is just trying to talk. He's struggling. He's taking mm-hmm. a long time to get his words out and bumbling. And, you know, and that's when he has the quote of like, you know, trying to apologize. I'm working on apologizing, but I'm not there yet. And he's he's talking and talking and she finally gets tired of it mm-hmm. and snaps at him and, and shuts him out. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and then she has several conversations with him where she kind of expresses the fact that he's pretty lame and he's messing everything up and I don't know I guess I it made me think that when she was below him she kind of kept to that station and now that she's CEO that inhibition is gone and it's almost like her morally superior mindset has transformed into like a, like a station superior mind like she's she's adopted the station and kind of becomes superior to everybody else mm-hmm. and doesn't have time for anybody else's problems. She's just worried about her own. And like Tony forgets that individual level and basis. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think um, just hearing that being said, I think she honestly is struggling with the exact same kind of pride, actually. Like there is superiority, but I think a lot of it comes from I'm right. Mm, yes um which instead of what is right and i think in a lot of ways she honestly does just have a better moral background yes for (laughs) sure for sure so like a lot of what she says we're kind of like i mean you're right (laughs) but (laughs) she is coming at it still from that i'm right yeah and i'm not willing to listen to you 
which does cause problems. And again, I mean, you started off with the conversation. I think her situation is just as understandable as Tony's because she not only like he also comes to her when she's in the middle of a phone call (laughs) with someone who's being very difficult, watching the news, talking about how she just got this job because she's having sex with Tony pretty much is what it's saying. Like she is surrounded in that moment by this chaos that was kind of caused by Tony. Right. And then he comes to her with strawberries. <laughs> and so you can understand why she's like, no, I am not doing this I right cannot now. say you're listening like, to you, Bumble. We all do. I think it's a very realistic portrayal in a lot of ways. I mean, obviously the situation is very specific. But um, of like any couple relationship or just a relationship in general like where one drives the other crazy and the other one is just not ready to listen when the other person is ready to talk and it just happens and you just have to train yourself to be ready at the same time a little bit more or recognize when the other person is ready and be willing to make yourself ready just set aside that pride and say Mm -hmm. like this sucks and it hurts and i don't want to but i'm just gonna take this and put it over here and humble myself and listen Mm -hmm. be like Kristoff. <laughs> yes. What do what you do need? need? <laughs> That's what that version is saying. What do yes. you need? We'll talk about all my issues with you later because they are perfectly valid. Yes. Like Tony. There are problems. All of her stress right now is caused by Tony. <laughs> like it is not like yes. he does. It's not like sh- it was separate from him or like he didn't mean to or anything. Like no. Like, he deserves some wrath. caused some serious issues and I would be pissed at him too. But yes, there is still that like what is right right now. Yeah. Not who is right. Um, that needs to be yes. learned. There and they're and both struggling with that. Mm-hmm. They are. So I think that's pretty much good. We see obviously he finally does invite other people's help starting with his dad's help. Mm. Um, it is just via vi- video but the astounded look on his face when yeah. he hears that his dad like was really proud of him and wanted this for him is so sweet and it's a very humbling moment to watch. Um, I love that too even that like Howard is humbling himself yeah. in that moment because mm-hmm. he you know we know that he didn't really tell Tony what he thought of him that he loved yeah. him that he was proud mm-hmm. of him and so it's this moment where retroactively we get to see this humbling moment in Mm -hmm. howard (laughs) yes uh which is beautiful and then he does allow rodian to help he allows shield in to help (laughs) as well he romanoff we get to see natasha in this for the first time and she's just her epic opening fight yes seriously (laughs) she's amazing Uh. um and she's invited to help um we also see pepper being invited to help a little bit as well and so we're getting a little bit more of those personal relationships for Tony being developed and him caring about them and paying attention to them a little bit more. He always struggles with that pretty much throughout his story off and on. And I think it's a common thing for superheroes and movies to struggle with those personal relationships and finding that balance or Mm -hmm. prioritizing the right thing at the right moment. But we do see that he's growing during this and then we still though see that he's still tony in the end when he has the senator who's been giving him a lot of grief be the one who has to give him the award for his services so it's a pretty brutal moment (laughs) senator but it is very like Tony just having to just have that last laugh, having to prove that he's right. (laughs) 
technically, so. technically, we don't see him specifically request it. He just tells Nick Fury that he, like, has this award ceremony. Technically. And, he, like, and Nick Fury is like, we'll see what we can do about that. <laughs> but also, the way, <laughs> the way Tony says it, I mean, yeah, Tony says it, is very, like, I do need a presenter. <laughs> yeah, we can imagine that he's very pleased with how it turned out. Yes. So, yes we, can. yes, we can say that. Although, I will say, oh, one last thing I will say before we continue with this that I think is important in his arc is that other people recognize that he's not ready to be a superhero because his humility is not where it should be. Mm. Because Romanoff's, her report says that she would let Iron Man into the Avengers, but not Tony Stark, because Mm. Tony Stark, primarily because he's too arrogant and he's not willing to listen to people and not willing to get help when he needs it the proper way work as a team yeah really he can't do that and he's started to at the end of this movie but it is a struggle for him and we see that in the avengers as well that that is still a big struggle for him to work as a team and not just by himself it's a struggle for all of them they all get used to it but especially for tony he really just wants to do it his way yeah decide what's right and just go for it Mm -hmm. anyway that's where we leave tony there's a great scripture that i think um shows that iron man really is a type of christ and how his humility develops it's in philippians 2 verse 8 and it says and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross And so we see Christ, one of the most perfect moments in his perfect life was humbling himself enough to be willing to die and make the ultimate sacrifice for us. Not just death, but that suffering. And I think in Iron Man's story, his ending shows that as his humility grows and he becomes more a better version of himself through that humility in the end he sacrifices his life as well as his family that he's finally got and he's he is the one who had the most to lose in this final in that final avengers film and he's willing to give it up for everybody else and i think that's very symbolic of what christ has done for us and as we humble ourselves we'll have opportunities in our small ways to be able to sacrifice like that for others and um, be able to serve them in ways that we probably can't even imagine if we let God take care of us and guide us in that way. The Savior taught it best (laughs) in Matthew 18 when he says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That tells us how important it is right there, Mm -hmm. how vital it is. Yeah, and I think you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who, even if Iron Man's not their favorite superhero, wouldn't consider him one of the greatest, yes. and especially by the end. Absolutely. So, yes, uh-huh. and Christ is the real-life greatest perfect example of that. <laughs> yes, so, humbly yeah. aligning his will to God, humbly mm-hmm. not worrying about the judgment of the world and men, and yeah, mm-hmm. being willing to be taught and... I just becoming your best self, yes. your best divine self. All right. Well, 
Thank you all for listening. As usual, we hope you enjoyed. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or even if you're listening on the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, please be sure to subscribe and leave a like or a five-star review if you are able to. Also, follow us on Instagram. We do post on there regularly. We do stories and we have posts about upcoming Um, episodes and stuff so definitely check that out and if you're curious about what I'm reading just in general then you can follow me on the channel good strong words on youtube happy to see you over there we have a lot of fun thank you again so much for listening and watching we hope you have a great week keep remembering to see god in all things and we will see you next time bye bye